Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of Chaldean News Radio. This is your host, Cal Abo, and I am joined by two uh, very special guests. Al Jamua is here now, who who is used to be an agent with Michigan Farm Bureau, but is now in an ongoing uh, suit with them, and his attorney. Robin Wagner is also here. She is a partner at Pitt, McGee, Palmer, Bananian Rivers in Royal Oak. Welcome to the both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. It's, it's really nice to have you. Shukran. Shukran. Well. <laughs> um, so why don't you, uh, either one of you, or can give us the brief of what this case is about. We've written an article on it, um, but for anybody who hasn't read the article or doesn't know what's going on, just give us the one-minute description. You want me to? Yeah. Okay, so Al was uh, nine years. He w worked as an insurance agent for Michigan Farm Bureau, and he did very well, built up a great book of business, and then a couple years ago, they uh, basically started to strangle his business, told him, literally, stop selling to your culture. Stop selling to the people of your culture, meaning stop selling to Chaldeans and Middle Eastern um, clients and customers. And they slowly um, strangled his business so to the point where he could no longer have a viable income and business as an insurance agent for Michigan Farm Bureau and had to leave. And we've brought a lawsuit alleging uh, race discrimination. And uh, we are in a position now where the next step will be trial. We have uh, succeeded in um, prevailing over motions that um, Michigan Farm Bureau has brought to try and get the case dismissed. They failed on each of their attempts, and, and the next step is a trial. Robin, you said that, uh, they, that Al was told to stop selling to people from his own culture. Is that a quote? Al? Yes. They <laughs> came to me and they told me, uh, your loss is too high, so stop selling for your uh, people from your culture, which is... How, how did it feel, Al, when you, were, when you were told something like that? I felt very bad because, first of all, you cannot do that because against the law. Second, it's my people. I mean, why should I sell for my people? I mean... I like to help them. I like to. I'm there for them. Uh, I even visit their houses and help them with their insurance for their homes, for auto. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't feeling comfortable with what they told me. For you, what? Why do you think that they did something like that? Because you, you, we can't take it lightly, right? If if they're gonna, you know, they don't want Chaldean business. There's a big reason for that. So what, what do you think was going on at Farm Bureau? Well, they came to me. They told me that you have high losses. And then they asked me, who's your customer? And I told them, majority, they are Chaldean and Arabic descent. And they said, the only way to avoid paying, uh, to avoid your losses is by avoiding paying for people, avoid uh, selling for people from your culture. So that's the reason they came after me. 
what do you um, can you explain the the loss ratio to me because I know that's an important part of the case and it's hard to understand. Well, the loss ratio is like you have book a business where you have policy you you generate policy and then you have losses like claims so much claims okay. so they saying that I have more claims against what I'm generating so the percentage between losses and income and premium is they told me is high so that's how they come with the loss ratio do you believe them no I don't what's so what's what did they do to the numbers how did how did all this go down well, I did find like a couple of cases where uh, the number doesn't correspond with uh, what is happening. So they they mentioned that there is loss losses for a customer was sixty thousand dollars, but really they only pay six thousand dollars, or they file a claim to a customer. And they they never pay them, but they put a large amount of money, like thirty thousand or sixty thousand. And some of these customers, they don't live in the United States; like they went back home or they really? went, yeah, wow, yeah. So, and I did talk to the adjuster about it, and he said we cannot do anything about it coming from the main office. Wow. So, did you? Um I mean, do you see? Did you see this happen with any other agents, or did it feel like you were the only one who was being targeted? Multiple agents they've been targeted: uh, Chaldean, uh, Arabic, uh, and other minority like uh, Albanian and uh, uh, Afghanistani. If I can uh, chime in, one of the things that's really wrong about what Michigan Farm Bureau is doing here and did to ALF is that um, you, you can't make stereotyped kind of accusations against a whole culture, a whole group of people. True. Don't sell to your whole culture, to your people of your culture. That's fundamentally wrong. If they make an individualized determination that this particular customer is a problem, maybe there's an accusation of fraud and they have some reason to believe something, that's one thing. But they weren't making any individualized determinations about any of our customers. They were just saying, blanket, stop selling to people of your culture. Sure. And, and that is a fundamental uh, violation of, of the principles and, and uh, of discrimination law. In, in this country. Well, what was it like building this case? Can you guys tell me about that? It, it, it was uh, tough when, when you have a but in the end, we had a lot of really great um, witnesses that came forward to True. support Al. Um, because often uh, when you have a case where somebody says, X, <laughs> don't sell to people of your culture, um, well, when you get them into the witness chair, they're going to deny they said that. And then it's just going to be, who do you believe? Right. <laughs> Whose side of the story do you believe? This person or that person? But in this case, we had former agents of Middle Eastern descent come forward and, and support Al's side of the story and say, absolutely, the defendants here, Paul Wagner, uh, Danny Nagin, the Farm Bureau as a whole, the other managers, um, 
would say things like that, would act that way. Um, completely believable. They gave other examples of discriminatory conduct that, that corroborated Al's story, and that made the case so much stronger. Correct. Yeah. So if, if let's, uh, let's um, <clears throat> say who some of these people are, if we're going to name drop them. Sure. Um, you mentioned two names. Mm -hmm. um, Danny Negan is... He's one of the managing directors Imagine. for the Southeast region which included the area, the territory that, that Al was an insurance agent in. Right. And Paul Wagner, who at the time was also a, a manager for the Southeast region where uh, Al practiced and, and sold insurance. And so they were his bosses, essentially, at the company. Well, the insurance company is divided for multiple sections uh, in Michigan. And we are in Southeast, Southeast region which is Auckland, Macomb, and Downriver. So okay. that's what they call us. And there's certain manager manage each section. And Dan Negan and Paul Wagner, uh, they are a manager. Tom Parker, uh, Tom, Belgi Tom Belgian, uh, uh, used to be Chuck Canute. So all these managers, they were for Southeast region. So you guys had to, <clears throat> first, I imagine you deposed these people. Yes. And they then. had to give a testimony, respond to the claims. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, can you tell me about some of the witnesses that ended up coming forward? Sure. We, we had a former agent, Tom Sokol, who had a very successful insurance business up here. He, he, he since moved out of the region, but he confirmed that um, the managing directors who we named would have said things exactly like Al reported they said to him. Um, he he had personal knowledge of their opinions about Chaldeans as customers and, and knowing that they disparaged the idea of building a biz book of business around your community. It, it was essentially devastating testimony for, for Michigan Farm Bureau. Right. And Antonio Asmar. And Antonio Asmar is a Chaldean gentleman who is currently a, um, I think he's still a Michigan Farm Bureau agent, and he corroborated that when he uh, joined Michigan Farm Bureau, he experienced uh, a lot of uh, very negative, um, disparaging kind of comments and information about Chaldeans as potential customers, and uh, that he was new, and he didn't feel it was his place to speak out, but when called to the stand and asked to truthfully say what happened, he said, this is what happened. Um, and he also, both um, Mr. Sokol and, and Mr. Asmar talked about um, the rates that, that um, one way that Farm Bureau would try to um, diminish their business in Chaldean and Middle Eastern communities would be to have very high rates, much higher than uh, the competitors, so that they would basically make it very hard for their agents to sell policies there and really discourage customers. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. I mm -hmm. have a question. Um, is Antonio Asmar uh, the one with the training video? Yes. Can you tell me about that? Um, well, he um, described a training session early on when he became an agent uh, that was going to be uh, about just um, training. Train, just training For on insurance. insurance. And they showed this video that was a YouTube video about um, a gentleman who who's a Chaldean uh, dealership who who runs um, car dealership 
I think he does service, car service, service yeah. and uh, and and it was just meant to be a disparaging image of Chaldeans. It didn't have any purpose. It wasn't related to insurance. It was just to show somebody um, with base stereotypes about Chaldean people. Uh, and um, he he was the only Chaldean person in the room. He he was kind of shocked and offended by it. He didn't understand why they would play a video like that in in the middle of a training session. Yeah, it was a very inappropriate to show it, especially for a person like he's starting with a company. I mean, I mean, uh, wasn't very appropriate from the company to show this kind of video. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So, so it, to me, it's like it feels like there are two sides here. There's Michigan Farm Bureau kind of mistreating its own agents, first of all, like you, Al, like. I mean, how can you say that to somebody? Don't sell to your people. True. And and all the stuff with the losses that that we've found, um, like disputing the numbers and stuff like that. This training video um, <clears throat> and all the other testimony you guys have. Then there's another side, which is the discrimination against Chaldean customers. Mm -hmm. And they're connected. But Al, I think you told me just before we started recording that um, about 60% of Chaldeans are with Michigan Farm Bureau? Or what did you tell me? Well, we had almost like over 20 agents with the company uh, between Chaldean and Arab uh, descent. And we uh, generated large number of policy and uh, premium for the company. I'll say about 60% of the Chaldean, 60% uh, of the Chaldean and Arabic community, they are with Farm Bureau. A lot of churches they are with, uh, with Farm Bureau. A lot of uh, priests, cars and home with Farm Bureau. A lot of businesses, uh, Chaldean, you know, Chaldean, you know, we, we are, we do business. I mean, like we private business, you know. A lot of Chaldean, they have their own business. They are insured with Farm Bureau. So we generate a lot of number of uh, business with the Farm Bureau. So I say, yeah, 60% of our Chaldean, they are with Farm Bureau. And how does this, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would they sort of, I mean, for lack of a better word, why are they trying to screw this community that makes up such a big part of their business in your opinion i mean i don't know the reason why behind it is it because i have no answer for that but i think they've been attacking minority especially chaldean and arabic descent lately I, I would say also, um, Michigan Farm Bureau, um, when when we were uh, fact-finding for the case, didn't seem to have a single agent residing within the city of Detroit. So they also um, strategically tried to limit um, their appeal as, as an insurance option for African-American communities. Um, so they do think about race and culture in, in their... Um, marketing and in their placement of agents. Um, and it's, it's very clear in the case we 
developed for Al and his claims. Well, I'd like to add to this. Uh, also, there is no uh, agent uh, representing uh, people in Dearborn. Wow. And That's the, surprising, right? Yeah. And there's no agent representing people in Stanley Heights. So uh, they try to stop people, like she mentioned, Detroit, Dearborn, and Sterling Heights, and where that's majority like African-American and Arabic community and Chaldean community reside. And you guys found out some special information about Sterling Heights. Robin, you were about to, to, to start talking about it. Um, this specific zip code in Sterling Heights, it's... Um, I have it in front of me. You know it. 48310. 48310 uh, has a very high population of Middle Easterners and Chaldeans. Um, Correct. And so so tell me what you guys found out about it. Well, well, Mr. Sokol, who, who is an extremely keen businessman, um, had done some research in, into looking at his customers and the kinds of rates they were quoted, and he started to, to develop this awareness that that this zip code had some very uh, bad non-competitive rates attached to them. Mr. Asmar confirmed Correct. that, uh, I think at the time he had a fiance who was living in that zip code and they couldn't afford uh, Farm Bureau insurance and he's a Farm Bureau agent. Okay. You know, they went with a different, she, she went with a different uh, company. company. Uh, so, so that it, it seemed to be that this was a, a strategy as well. Um, one thing I should point out though, is that insurance premiums are um, that the, the insurance companies are required to submit their rates, their premium rates, to the state regulatory agencies? But but it's very opaque how that is done. It's very hard to understand what the calculations and the formulas in in in, in their black box are that go into setting those rates. So what we have is people who are there in the retail side of things trying to sell policies to customers and finding that the rates aren't competitive but but th that that's that's where our our proof our our facts come from is from the people saying you can just see the difference between the communities and the rates set they increase the rate like uh, since like 2017 18 and they increase the rate very high in that area. So, I mean, we were relying a lot on that area and we stopped, we stopped losing people because uh, people, uh, I mean, uh, they, most people when they come to you, you know, they come for your service and also they come for the premium, you know. But when the premium is so high, I mean, if it was reasonable, they will come to you. But when it's so high, a lot of people they avoid coming and they made it really high so we lost a large large number of people in that community and, and i think it's also important to know that in al's case he had a very robust strong book of business that he had built up and then what they did to him in the last two years of his um time his career with farm bureau was was they scrutinized they they required him to submit for scrutiny every single policy that was ready for renewal. So instead of having the authority of, he used to have as an agent, and most agents have, to renew their customers just as a matter of course, 
the way you probably do and most of your and a lot of your listeners do when they um, it, when it's time to renew your insurance, you just get the documents, you look over them, you sign them, life goes on. Right. But in Al's case, he had to resubmit all the documents like it was a brand new True. customer. And that, of course, strangles your business because it slows you down. It gives people a chance to wonder, well, why is Michigan Farm Bureau treating me this way? Maybe I'll go elsewhere. But, but Al is the face. Al is the person they were dealing with. You know, um, and, 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 and this was part of a specific uh, program that they started. Right. And they put you in this program, Al. Plus. Um, plus who? Other people. And why? What? Tell me about the program. The program is like to uh, try to examine the policy. Like to tell, see if it's a policy is people they have insurance, previous insurance, or they have any accident in their uh, vehicles or houses, or they have losses, uh, or I th I believe it's they were more than that. I think they were just trying to stop us doing business. I used to get like large number of underwriter uh, requests uh, regarding policy, uh, and I wasn't the only one. It was a lot other Chaldean and other uh, Arabic uh, agent they've been going after, and they tried. Uh, they, I mean, these. Uh, request by the underwriter was more damaging to our books and more restriction uh, in selling business. Yeah, I, I, I will add, um, in, in the legal world, in, in, in law, we, call, we talk about pretext, pretext um, kind of a lie that the company is using to accomplish its unlawful goal. And here we think that the auto loss ratio and the scrutiny of Al and a few other uh, Middle Eastern folks who, who were picked out for this scrutiny, um, that this was a pretext. And one of the ways we developed the evidence of that is that we talked to another former agent named Al Malali. He's of Albanian descent. Albanian. And he said that um, he was scrutinized for his loss ratio, just like Al was. And then uh, right before there was going to be a big change in the... Um, in the insurance agent contracts with Farm Bureau, suddenly they, they wanted him to sign. So suddenly his loss ratio Dropped. went from over 100% to down to 30-some percent or something. And and nothing happened except that magically the number changed. So, so explain that for a second. Let's hammer yeah. on that because it's really important. Yeah. So this loss ratio is a comparison of how much money you bring to the agency versus how many claims are made against you, That's right? right? And <clears throat> you explain this to me. This is where this is all coming sure. from in our first conversation. Yeah. So a loss ratio of 100% me would me mean you're about dead even. That's exactly. right. You sell $100 <clears throat> worth of policies and you have $100 of claims against them. And, and Al, they were saying your rates were well above 100%, right? They said like 175 
Yeah. 175%. And, and Mr. Mullally's rates were also criticized as being over 100%. But then suddenly the math changed. And Mr. Mullally also said that he uh, had real frustrations with a, an accounting method that Farm Bureau used that uh, basically when a auto accident happened on one of your policies, they just took a chunk of money and assigned it to that claim, the $30,000, $60,000, you know, depending on the type of accident it was. And then whatever they paid out from that, they never adjusted it back down. So there would be this yeah. big, so that's when Al talked earlier in our inter the interview, he yeah. said he talked to some of his clients and they're like, it was about $6,000. But Al's looking at his book and and it says that it, it was a $60,000 claim. So, you know, there there was just this um magic right numbers going on. And I and I think I read that uh, the the pretext you would say was they were worried that there was going to be some kind of medical suit in the future, right? Or yeah. something they were they were just reserving this money. But yeah. it ended up on the on the loss ratios. That's right. So so they were um tagging um certain agents with, with these large loss ratios and um, no, and attributing it unfairly to cultural, to, to the, the ethnic uh, backgrounds of, of the clientele. And, and that is the discriminatory pretext. And the problem is, like, they're supposed to remove that money. Like, okay, they pay 6000 That's how much should be, 6000 but they never remove the amount that they put there, like 30000 So they're supposed to remove it after a certain time, but kept there sitting against agent more than a year, two years, three years. And like what she said uh, with Al Malawi, he, uh, he was, he, his loss ratio was like 175, something like that. It was that but 130 yeah, or 100, something like that. But when they came and they approached him to sign a new contract, his last ratio dropped down to 30, 35, or 39. So you can see there is something going on with that last ratio. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So this stuff is very troubling legally, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you know, so the next stop and, and at the uh, legally, what, what happened is after we got through all the fact finding, the depositions and reviewing all the documents, um, Michigan Farm Bureau filed a motion for summary judgment, meaning they wanted the case dismissed. And Judge Michelson in the federal court for um, the Eastern District of Michigan out of Detroit, she said, no, there's a lot of facts here that raise a lot of questions. This is a jury question. This isn't something you can get rid of on, on the law alone. So we want that. We, we survive to go to trial. And then, then they filed a motion asking the judge to let them go straight to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals and try to get them to weigh in rather than having to go to trial. And Judge Michelson said there's nothing remotely um, novel or complicated about this lawsuit. This is that there's no need to go to the Court of Appeals. Um, the next step is trial. So we're headed to trial. We're going to trial. Yes. That's great. And you guys are, is that the outcome you're looking for? Are you happy about that? I think we're looking for justice for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, trials are challenging and, and costly and time-consuming. 
um, and we're, we are happy to bring his case to, to a court. Um, but the, really the point is to get justice for Al. He has lost uh, a lot of his business and the success he had as an insurance agent. He had to rebuild and start over with a new company. It's, it's been very difficult. Uh, it's, it's been very trying for a long time. And, and that's what we're here for is, is to get Michigan Farm Bureau um, to acknowledge that they did him wrong. Al, we, we've, uh, we've talked about some of the facts of the case, but we haven't really touched on your experience. And you've been dealing with this for the last four, three, four, five years. And so can you give us a little context of your background? When did you go to Farm Bureau? And then, like, from a personal perspective, how did this all start and how did it feel and um, we know that in the Chaldean community, your reputation is Thank so, you. so important. And, and yours was uh, impeccable, mm -hmm. as far as I've heard. Thank you. Thank you. And then, so, so why don't you uh, go into that and tell us all about, about your experience? Well, let me give you my background. I have a master's degree in engineering. I graduated from England. Uh, I came here in the United States, and um, I started in... Uh, uh, my own business, uh, retail business, and then I uh, joined, uh, uh, I was selling as a financial advisor. Uh, in 2011, I joined Farm Bureau uh, to try to sell a home and auto business. And uh, I built I built very nice book of business with, uh, with Farm Bureau. Uh, I tried to help the company as much as I can. I try to help my customers as much as I can. Uh, and in the beginning was hard, but then I was getting referrals uh, from my community. A lot of my community supported me. Uh, I, was, I do have other uh, people beside my community, but majority of my community, uh, they like to come and work with me. Uh, the reason I, they like to come and work for, with me because I explain things for them. I explain uh, how's insurance. You know, insurance is there's a like a mystery in it. You need you need to explain to people how the how this car insurance work, how the home insurance work, and I do speak the language. I do speak Chaldean and uh, Arabic and English. So uh, they like to, to communicate with somebody who speaks their language, and that's how. I bought a book of business. I had a very large book of business. Uh, I was getting a very nice income from Farm Bureau. Uh, and I was helping the customer. I mean, I was really helping the customer until the last three years or four years when uh, they made it very difficult for me to work with Farm Bureau. It made it very difficult for me to help my customer, even writing a policy for customers. Uh, Every time I do something, there is underwriter, they block in me or uh, they won't let me issue it uh, completely. So uh, now I'm uh, with another insurance company. Uh, I just, I don't know if you know, but I just suffered from heart attack because what the stress that I have been going through. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a, been a, struggle yeah so, yeah for certain yeah are you uh, you're healthy now 
I, I have medication. I have to go on medication, a lot of medication, a lot of exercise. Uh, I mean, my 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 health go up and down. Right. Yeah. Right. So it sounds like you. This took a had a big toll on you. Oh yeah. And um. You know, for Michigan Farm Bureau, it's just some numbers, right? But here's Al and. He's the one who's suffered, I mean, for years, you said, the last few years you've right. been dealing with this. You lost your, I mean, you were discriminated against at your place of work. You were a, a, a very solid agent from the numbers, even, Correct. from a numbers perspective. And and um, all this stuff just ended up happening, and it's had so much of an impact on you that it's it's a shame. To me, it's a shame. Well, me and my wife, we were planning to stay with Farm Bureau for another 10 years. You know, we were getting nice income, nice stable income, but they just made it difficult for us. Uh, they just, as I mentioned, I, I couldn't sell anything. I, I lost a lot of people uh, because of the increase of the rate, uh, especially in our community. Uh, and it, and you don't feel comfortable when somebody come and tell you don't sell for people from your culture. I mean, first of all, it's against the law. Second of all, it's your people. I mean, if you don't help your people, who are you going to help? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Really? So uh, I, I also wanted to touch on this. You had this large book of business. I think it was worth near $3 million. Over $3 million. And And they tried to basically offer you a very small amount of money for it when 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 you wanted to leave yeah they tried to offer me a thousand dollars a month for 10 years which comes out to what 120 120 yeah Yeah. for a three million dollar book of business yeah which is not fair compared to what income i was making and they pay you one thousand i mean even the manager, their own manager, if they get that option, I'm sure they're going to get accepted. But they want me, I'm an agent who generated all the business, all this book of business I generated. They didn't give it to me. wasn't a gift. wasn't transferred to me. I generated for nine years. And then after nine years, and then I have to put up with all the issue, with all the... Uh, with the I mean, there's so much things going on with the insurance. And I have to put up with all the problem. And then after that, they just offer you $1,000. I mean, I have mortgages. I have homes. I have uh, utilities. I have insurance to pay. I have medical. They don't, we, we have to all get our own medical. What are you going to pay with $1,000? Yeah, it feels like a joke, actually, to and, me. Yeah, I mean, it's not right. So going forward, we're going to trial, and what what does that look like uh, for you, Al, and, and Robin? I'm sure you're going to be busy. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's a little more on me than on Al at this <laughs> point. Um, we we uh, take all the evidence, everything that we've assembled throughout the case, and we start putting it into um, a structure to make the the proofs we have to make. And uh, to think about which witness says 
which part of the story, which documents we need, things like that. And uh, we don't have a, a trial date yet. Um, you know, there's been a backlog in the courts because of COVID. So, but uh, once we have a trial date set, that's that's what happens. You just um, get into a, a, a serious focus and start thinking about all your evidence and what what you need to use and and how you present it to a jury and. Let it let a jury listen to Al, and let a jury listen to the Michigan Farm Bureau, and decide for itself um, what happened here. And what's the what do you think the timeline is like? I, you know, it's very hard to tell right now. Um, the trials have been pushed off. Um, additionally, in in the federal courts, it's very important that 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 criminal trials take a precedence over civil trials. So sometimes, even when you have a trial date. If the judge has a criminal matter come up that, that has an urgency to it, your your date can get moved. So again, we're, we're just waiting to work with the judge to find a date that'll that'll satisfy everyone. Okay. Maybe maybe six months. It's hard to say. Sure. Um, and Al, what what have you seen from from the Chaldean community as a response to your case? Now that we our article came out last month. Um, You've been able to, you know, we're through, we're, we decided you're going to trial and you, you're able to talk about it now. Um, what, what have you seen from the Chaldean community? Well, uh, your newspaper was, went through a lot of people, uh, Chaldean and non-Chaldean, and really uh, a lot of people, they uh, enjoy the article. You did a beautiful job uh, Thank you, presenting Thank the you. article, and not just this article. A lot of articles in that uh, newspaper is uh, beautiful. I like it. I always read it and always uh, look at. It. But a lot of Chaldean, they uh, they uh, they support me. They think uh, I'm in the in the right track, and they wish me the best, really, with my case. And uh, they're really supporting uh, the case. It's good to hear. Well, I, I wish you the best as well. Thank you. Thank you, you Al and Robin. Yep. Let's Thank get you. to work. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank um, you very much. Anything else you guys want to add before we shut off? I just really appreciate your your uh, careful attention to the issues and and uh, the giving us this opportunity to, to talk on, on your program. Thank you very much for giving us the opportunity and especially writing this about our community. That shows that this magazine does care about Chaldean uh, and Arabic community. Thank you, Al, and thank you, Robin, for being on here and taking the time with us today. And uh, to the listeners, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.